What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. A factual data creation facility production. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 198, which I'm calling Ringing Out the Old Year. Don't worry, I'm not going to subject you to a rundown of every facet of my experience during this rather uneventful year. Just a little overview here and there. Santa was good to me over Christmas, as he usually is, and I hope he was good to you also. And besides giving me gifts... Santa also brought me a good old-fashioned common cold. (coughs) Well, what do you say we get on with it then? Okay. Tech news. Well, before I start, let me crack the first beer of the evening. Actually, it's a stop and shop. Lemon and lime flavored seltzer. Tech news is usually slow as the major companies concerned are wound down for the holidays, but I've never witnessed quite the level of quietness from the world of tech news this week. Amazon faces backlash from users over upcoming change to Prime service is the headline from TheStreet.com. As I touched on last week, Amazon will start including ads on its Prime video service starting in January. Of course, a flood of tweets stating that people will be canceling their Prime subscriptions were posted, but I'm sure that was to be expected. How many will actually follow through with this is probably less than half. Well, maybe a quarter of these angry tweeters. I'm taking the old wait-and-see approach to this before making any decisions. I've subscribed to Prime mainly for the one- or two-day delivery service, with Prime Video being considered a bonus. We'll just have to wait and see how Amazon handles the advertising on their their Prime Video service. TechRadar.com thinks that Chromebooks are on the cusp of having a banner year, and their headline reflects it. Chromebooks are primed for their best year ever in 2024, it reads. Earlier in 2023, Google, along with their hardware partners, announced the Chromebook Plus standard. Chromebooks that carry the Plus certification will be minimally equipped with either an Intel Core or an AMD Ryzen CPU, a 1080p display, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and 128 gigs of storage. On the software side, these Plus Chromebooks will have features like Google's Magic Eraser, which in my opinion rocks, offline file sync, AI-powered video enhancements, and a three-month Photoshop on the web subscription as standard. This is a good deal. Well, as long as the price is right. As I've said in previous episodes, I'm a fan of Chromebooks since getting one gratis from Google back around this time of year in 2011. Earlier this year, it's still 2023 as I record this, I played with the idea of purchasing a specked out Chromebook in lieu of a MacBook Air. What? The idea was to access my Apple apps like Pages, for example, via iCloud.com 
being that I mostly web browse, check mail, and word process on my laptop. I figured I'd save some money by doing so. When I compared specs of high-end Chromebooks versus MacBook Airs, I found that for a little more money, and trust me, not that much at all, I could get a much more powerful MacBook Air. My requirements were humble, I think, a 15-inch high-resolution screen, backlit keyboard, at least 8 gigs of RAM, and 128 gigabytes of storage. Well, in some cases, the equivalent Chromebook costs more than a MacBook Air would. What? That's why Santa brought me this 15-inch MacBook Air that I'm currently using. Unless these Chromebook Plus models get more reasonable in price, well, they will remain the niche product that they are. ZDNet.com flooded my newsfeed with articles about the Opera browser and how great it is. I replaced Google Search with Opera's Area AI feature, and I don't miss the former one bit. And how I use ChatGPT in Opera for a far more efficient interaction, and why you should too. Those were just two of the many headlines that I saw this week. These sorts of articles are what's called native ads in the business. A native ad is an article or video segment paid for by some company, which is disguised as a normal article. These sorts of ads are popular on the major news networks and even so-called public radio and television. In this case, the folks over at Opera must have dropped some dough on ZDNet. The Opera browser started life as a Norwegian outfit that since has been sold to a communist China entity. There have already been some security issues with this browser, and though I've used it back in ancient times, I wouldn't risk putting this software on any of my computer devices at this point. Well, that will wrap up the tech news for this year. Looking back at 2023, it occurs to me that it was mostly an Apple tech show. Oh, the banned Apple Watch 9 and Ultra Watch 2 are back on sale, at least for now, thanks to an appeal court decision. The Consumers Electronics Show, CES, will kick off shortly after the new year, and I think Samsung will be announcing the latest Galaxy stuff real soon now. Tech I'm using. Well, as predicted, Santa brought me an M2-chipped MacBook Air with a 15-inch screen, Yay! proving he's a man of his word. Yes. The color I chose, I mean the Santa chose for me, was Midnight, which from my experience would translate to the color black. At least that's what the color of the sky was everywhere I've been at the time associated with Midnight. Before actually opening the computer, I watched many, well, maybe too many videos on YouTube concerning this machine. Many of these videos hosts had the Midnight color, and for some reason, it appeared the computer had a blue tint to it. I didn't notice that blue tint the two times I saw the unit in person, once at the Apple Store and once at a Costco. I really didn't dwell on the color at the well-lit Apple store, and the lighting conditions at the Costco was of the dim warehouse variety these stores usually have. In both instances, the computer seemed black to me. Now that I have the MacBook Air in my possession, my first impression was that it was indeed black, with no discernible blue tint apparent to these old, bespeckled eyes. Being that women can see colors better than men, we being more attuned to movement, see, there is a difference between us. I asked my lovely wife if she could tell me what color my new computer was. I wanted to see if that blue tinting that I noticed on those videos I had watched was apparent to her. After giving me a strange look when I asked her the question, she had a look and said, well, very dark blue. I then told her the only color I could see was black. She then gave me another look and dismissed me. Something that she does quite a bit, so I'm, I'm used to it. <laughs> 
Needing to clear this up for myself, I fetched a bright-beamed LED flashlight from my bedroom and examined my new possession. Under the very bright light of the torch, you can indeed see a slight blue tinting of the color. Well, I'm glad I cleared that up. Maybe the blue tint was more obvious on those videos due to the type of lighting used to create them. Who knows, and more importantly, who cares? <laughs> the keyboard is fine, better than the ones on the two butterfly keyboard-equipped laptops this model replaced. Perhaps those display models I had previously tried out at those stores, which left me unimpressed, had keyboards that were mashed on so much by curious consumers like myself that they were basically worn out. The new MacBook Air's keyboard can be compared to the Magic Keyboard accessory for the iPad Air and Pros, but a little, well, just a little bit better. It is much better than the old Magic Keyboard my 2015 iMac was equipped with. However, the new Air's keyboard is not better than the Logitech mechanical keyboard I use with my Mac Mini. As far as the display goes, I really can't tell much of a difference from the ProMotion-equipped and brighter screen of the MacBook Pro I had just traded in. Then again, I neither game or consume content on my computers usually. That's done on my iPad Pro. The new Air has the same snappy feel to it that the Mac Mini has. I really can tell a difference between the Air and the Intel Chip Pro I had been using previously. However, I don't know if that's because of the M2 chip or the extra 8 gigs of RAM both the Air and Mini have. Either way, I'll take it. Oh, as a bonus, the now-confirmed almost black color matches a black magic mouse I purchased years ago but was seldom used. I can't recall why I bought that mouse, but I probably thought it would match the space gray color of my then-new Intel chip MacBook Air. Well, it didn't. The biggest complaint I've heard concerning the midnight color is that it's a fingerprint magnet and I'd be constantly wiping it down to rid it of those fingerprints. I guess I have dry fingers because I haven't noticed this problem. Well, at least not yet. I'll update my experience with this new computer as time goes on. And speaking of mice, Santa also brought me a replacement for the Magic Mouse I've been using with my Mac Mini desk setup. That mouse is a leftover from the iMac and because of my computing space has been in hindrance since day one. Well, Santa decided to bring me, I guess it's called Extrafy, it's spelled X-T-R-F-Y, M42 wireless gaming mouse. I don't game, but this mouse can be fine-tuned to work well within the cramped space from which I do my desktop computing. Besides that, it's light and weight compared to the Magic Mouse and features selectable LED light colors. Wow! I settled on the blue LED color. The mouse came with a Wi-Fi nub, which is to be used in lieu of Bluetooth, but I find that it works well without using that nub. I don't know if it's defaulting to Bluetooth, but it, it works just fine without plugging the nub into one of the Mac Mini's precious USB ports. Now, I'm not complaining. If I do attempt to use the Wi-Fi nub, I have to re-identify my Logitech keyboard to the Mac Mini upon wake-up of the machine. Huh? Again, I don't know the reason for this. I do know that the Windows operating system version of the Logitech keyboard comes with a nub like this, so perhaps the circuitry for Wi-Fi is also present within the Mac version of the keyboard, which, of course, I have. Anyway, I look forward to using this new mouse while editing this very podcast episode. Hopefully, we'll make that task much easier and, more importantly, quicker to do so. And that would be a very good thing. Yes. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. 
You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Entertainment news. As expected, the Aquaman 2 movie flopped at the box office and it flopped harder than was predicted. Besides the problem with the insertions of things like sexual preferences and other social agenda items into these movies, which I might add have nothing to do with the plot, no. I believe moviegoers in general are just tired of comic book superhero movies. Yes. Perhaps it's time to give these types of film a rest. I'd like to see the resurrection of the spy thriller type of movie, updated to the modern era. And I don't mean that the script should be injected with the previously mentioned agendas. Or how about a good old crime action movie like, uh, I don't know, Heat, for example? Maybe the younger generation has no appetite for these genres these days. Who knows? While I watched the season finale of Apple TV Plus's series Slow Horses, I was a bit disappointed in it because I found it more of a setup for the next season than anything else. And in my opinion, it wasn't a good setup either. It felt like the season finale was rushed and crammed into one episode when it deserved two. I'm still looking forward to the next season as this is one of my favorite shows. Oh, and fun fact. Slow Horses is based on a series of novels by Mick Herron, who passed a dreary office building on his daily trip to work and used it as an inspiration for the headquarters of the Slow Horses, calling it Slough House. Apple actually leased out that very building for the filming of the series. I find this a very cool tidbit. I'm currently binge-watching the latest season of Upload on Amazon Prime, which, if you aren't familiar with it, is a sci-fi comedy set in the 2030s where you can have your conscience uploaded to a hard drive and live an afterlife. That is, if you have the money to do so. Reacher is another show I'm watching on Prime, and speaking of Amazon streaming service, as I said before, the company had sent out an email telling customers that advertisements will start being shown on January 29th. Though the company vows that the ads won't be intrusive and have less of them than other streaming services have. We'll just have to wait and see. Another show I'm watching is Fargo from FX Networks. Though these later seasons can't compare to the first one, which starred Billy Bob Thornton, it's still great entertainment and it's better than most of what's on these days. Hopefully there will be better movies and television shows coming out in the new year. Podcast News being this is the last episode of the OFNT podcast for this year, I thought I'd give a state of the podcast spiel. Yes, I'll still be producing and uploading episodes. As far as changes go, though, I have some ideas. I could really use your help, though, with some suggestions. If you have any, drop me an email at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. In regards to audio hardware, other than a new pair of headphones, I don't anticipate any upgrades coming for the next year. Like my computing needs, I feel that I'm all set. I'm satisfied with my setup and workflow. I am tempted to take some audio engineering classes, but haven't committed to that yet. I would also like to finally start up my old Straight From The Desk show, now renamed Fringe Dispatches, but that would mean having to delve back into the world of politics, which takes a toll on me. That's a shame because that show brought in more revenue than this one, despite having a smaller audience and no advertising. Either I'll have to find a way to mitigate the mental toll politics takes on me, or just give up on it. Well, time will tell.
2023 saw the last episode of one of the first Apple theme podcasts I had ever listened to. It was called MacCast. That podcast started in 2010 and was one of the few Apple theme podcasts I could tolerate listening to back then. Now there are a lot of good Apple centric podcasts out there, but I always like MacCast the best. The host has moved locations and has decided to become more involved with his family and local community. I'm happy for the host, but sad that another independent podcast has gone away. On a happier note, I'm glad to report that a podcast that had its roots back in the late 1970s on Radio Canada International, that would be Glenn Hauser's World of Radio, is still around with its host, who's pushing 80 years old. I first started listening to World of Radio back in the early 1980s on my old Yamaha FRG 770 shortwave radio. I took a break from shortwave radio listening, but every now and then I dust off one of my radios and give it a listen. Most of the big international broadcasters are gone now, so there's not much going on concerning shortwave. You can blame the internet for that. A few years ago, I searched for Glenn Hauser with a podcast app, and there he was, still cranking out weekly episodes of World of Radio. You can even hear old Glenn's show on various non-commercial AM and FM stations and even shortwave stations. That's over 40 years on the air, but sadly you won't see Mr. Hauser inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. It's just nice to know that he's still out there doing his thing. These were my most listened to podcasts of 2023. First up is No Agenda, which deconstructs the news media and is hosted by OG tech reporter John C. Dvorak and the podfather himself. Mr. Adam Curry. Mr. Curry blessed the podcasting world with Podcasting 2.0 and the Independent Podcast Index. He was spurred on to do this by the complete deplatforming of various podcasters by Apple and the rest of big tech. We owe him our thanks for his efforts. John Dvorak was one of the first tech reporters, at least one of the first that I recall. He had a regular column in various tech magazines, Byte Magazine comes to mind, and he hosted a show on ZDNet, or was it CNET? I can't recall. He was famously fired by Leo Laporte from the Twit Network, whose troubles I reported on last episode. Anyway, this is my favorite podcast, and I wish I could figure out how they get that radio sound for their show. My second most listened to podcast was the Paranormal Drama, the Magnus Archives, produced by the Rusty Quill Network. The early seasons were produced in the hallway of the main writer's house with blankets used as sound insulation, and it turned out okay. The Magnus Archives has ended, but Rusty Quill had a GoFundMe for a follow-up show, which raised close to $1 million. So come late January, the Magnus Protocol debuts. I hope it lives up to the Magnus Archives. I was a Patreon of Rusty Quill, so I got to listen to a pilot episode of Magnus Protocol. It was good, but I really can't judge because the pilot was akin to a rough draft, with characters being recast since then. My third most listened to show was the new media show hosted by Todd Cochran. He's the owner and CEO of Blueberry Podcast Hosting Service. If you want to know what's going on behind the scenes with the within the business of podcasting, well, this show is for you. My fourth most listened to podcast was Haunted the Audio Drama. Yeah, it's another paranormal fiction show produced by Impala Films. A bit better produced in the Magnus Archives, though Rusty Quill, now flush with money, has caught up lately. The adventures of the three main characters are entertaining, and I look forward to each weekly installment. Podcasts that I stopped listening to this year were the Michael Savage Show. The once great radio personality Michael Savage seems to be just phoning it in at this point. 
Other shows I don't listen to any longer are the Breitbart News Daily Podcast, Ukraine the Latest, Morning Wire, and most political news shows generally. Listening to these types of podcasts anger me, and I don't need that at this point of my life. Finally, I haven't been listening to the No Sleep Podcast lately. I do enjoy that show, but for some reason I lost interest in it. A couple of years ago, I traveled to Brooklyn to see the cast of the No Sleep perform live along with my son and eldest daughter. I'll be giving the No Sleep Podcast another go shortly after the new year. What podcasts are you listening to? I'm always open to suggestions, so drop me an email with your recommendations. Before I end the podcasting section, I'd like to recommend the Apollo Podcast Listening app. That's how I discovered the Magnus Archives and Haunted the Audio Drama, along with many now-dead podcasts that sprung up during the pandemic and who unfortunately ended with its conclusion. I use the free version of Apollo, but they do have a paid subscription tier that gets you more features and recommendations. Well, to wrap it all up, I'm not big on New Year's Eve parties, having only attended two my entire life. I guess I get that from my parents, who weren't big New Year's Eve revelers either. Then again, early in my life, my father always celebrated New Year's with the guys from work, while my mother and I, later my sister, would be at home asleep by 8 or 9 o'clock in the evening. My mother would always volunteer to work on New Year's Day because she would earn triple wages from AT&T, who she was employed by. Later on in her life, even if she wasn't working the holidays, she would be asleep well before the clock struck midnight. As for myself, though I stay home, I manage to remain awake as the year changes. Most of my New Year's were spent working, especially the early years and some later years of my career in customs. I don't know how many New Year's I spent usually alone, clearing freighters, inspecting warehouses, or just parked somewhere in a vehicle on some flight line as the hour struck. Tonight I'll be doing what I've been doing for the last few years, and that's snacking until the ball drops in Times Square, and having a flute of champagne to welcome in the new year with my lovely wife and family members. I'll just end 2023's podcast by wishing you a happy and prosperous new year. I'll be back next week with another episode. Happy New Year, Jessica and Stephen, Tamney, JJ, Damien, Janet and Louie, James, Luigi and Christian, and of course my son John, who'll be here sharing some champagne later this evening. The music is playing as the episode, along with the year 2023, is winding on down. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be greatly appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. I really would. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Well, the snacks are out and the champagne is chilled, so get off my lawn. As always, stay skeptical. Again, Happy New Year. I'm out. See ya.
When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.